0: Welcome to Kings of the Jungle. I'm your host, Joe Chappin. Today, we have a lot of stuff planned for you, including quarter and included in the player tiers that we do every year on Detroit Lions News. We are doing Brett. We are breaking down the Brett Holmes comments that he made on on 97 on the ticket about the wide receivers and the quarterbacks. Aiden Hodgson is a workhorse. Malcolm Rodriguez looks good. Let's get to it on this episode of Kings of the Jungle. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! They did it! So the first thing, right out of the gate, we're going to go straight to it because this was the main headliner that I thought of when I was listening to 97 on the Ticket with the Sonia Jansen Show. Brad Holmes was on the, on the 97 on the Ticket. He was talking about the quarterbacks, and he was talking about what these quarterbacks uh, have to do to, to satisfy him to come into the season. And basically what he implied was every player is on notice. I'm going to play you the audio. And you're going to see for yourself, and then we'll I'll draw I have a conclusion that I drew from that interview, so I'll play that right now, and we'll I'll get you on the other side of the break
1: and Jared you you were part of the group that drafted him in l a uh, are you confident that he can get to that next level? I know he went to a Super Bowl, but mm-hmm. become a a top flight quarterback, and if not the backups are they okay? are they good enough for you guys? Yeah, I mean, all three of them. They know that they got to earn it, and they know that they have to prove it. And you know, starting with, with with Jared, you know, Jared knows that you know, look, he he has to go out there and prove it. He's got to earn it. He, he he's got to perform better than he did last year. Now, I've always said, you know, I give. Jared, so much res- go, so much credit and respect for everything that he had to endure last season. But he knows what he has to do, and you know uh, Tim and, and and David, you know those guys knows that they need to improve. And you know it's it's an open competition
0: for that backup spot, but it's something that will be always about. So as you heard in that audio, he was saying about the quarterback room; they have to perform, or he's not going to be happy. Obviously, you know with this backup situation with Tim Boyle, David Blau. He's got confidence, but they need to show that he can, you know, he's got to earn their confidence even more. But what I was really kind of taken back by was he basically implied if Jared Goff doesn't play better than he played last year, there could be major repercussions with Jared Goff. Now, Jared Goff last year, let's just go through it 67.2 completion percentage. He had 6.6 yards per attempt, which is down from his career average. He had 19 touchdowns and 8 interceptions. Wasn't the best year for um, Mr. Jared Goff, but he could have been better. Um, one of the things I need I, he needs to get better on is his yards per attempt. One, one of the things was uh, the issue last year was he threw short a lot of times. Yards per attempt, 6.6. Yards per catch, 9.8. That was those are the two lowest of his career. You'd have to go back to his rookie year when he played in seven games. The issue with with what it what Brad Holmes is saying is Jared, he expects Jared to be better this year. He expects Jared to be better than he was in 2021. He expects Jared Goff to take more of an emphasis on playing the right way. Now, playing the right way doesn't always mean that you're taking chances, you're making stupid throws, you're doing stupid things with the ball. But what it does mean is it means you're taking calculated risk. You know, one of the things that um, stood out with Jared Goff last year is when he had Quintez Cephas, when he had Josh Reynolds, his average his average depth of the, of the target was like 23.4. Without them in the lineup, it was like 6.7. There was an issue there with the, the, the wide receiving group He didn't have a lot of faith in the wide receivers. It was clear, but you can't be using excuses right now. For Jared Goff, he needs to perform. He needs to perform to a higher level. Can he perform to a higher level? I'm not sure. I think he can. I believe that Jared Goff can play a vital role in being a critical piece to a team going to the playoffs, going to the Super Bowl. He did it before. I'm pretty sure he could do it again. Jared Goff has done a really, really good job as a pro as, as the way he's approached the game. You know, the way he's came here and he's worked his ass off. And not only that, but you look at Jared Goff and you go, there's issues that he has. Can we overlook them? No, you really can't overlook them. You have to look at everything going forward. You know, obviously if this team goes five and five and thirteen. Obviously, you're going to be looking for a quarterback. I mean, there's a lot of talent. This team is more talented than a lot of teams Stafford had. You know, we, we keep we keep bringing it back, but like, look at this wide receiver group. Quintus Cephas might have went down today with the leg and, uh, with the ankle injury. Even then, with Quintus Cephas out, you still have Josh Rounds, DJ Chark. You have Amon-Ra. Like, there's players on his roster. That can contribute. You have a TJ Hawkinson, you have a top five offensive line, you have a good running back, and you're you keep you keep adding to it. It's a big year for Jared Goff. You know, and I, I when when you when you heard that Brad Holmes audio, you were thinking, Okay, that kind of makes sense, but it's now it's starting to make more sense. Brad Holmes is trying to tell Jared Goff. I need you to perform to the level that I thought you could perform when I was in the room in LA when I drafted you. Jared Goff has a big year for his career. This could this could really just push everything to the side. He's going to be 28 next year. By the time he by the time uh, by the time you know the next football season rolls around, he'll be 29. This is a big year for him if he's looking to. Take the next step, be a franchise quarterback. One of the things you will notice is Jared Goff has to play to the level that is expected from the Detroit Lions organization, and you can kind of tell in those comments that Brad Holmes expects a lot more than he's got. So when you look at this, this is a big this is a big season for Jared Goff. This is a big season for the Lions in totality because if you look at it. When you look at the Lions, there's a lot of talent on this team. Like I said before, there's so much things that can go right. If they go right, you could be at seven, eight wins. But the quarterback really needs to play better. The yards per attempt needs to go up. The yards per catch needs to go up. Um, you know, the yards per comp- pass completion needs to go up. And, and to be honest, his yards per game was one of the worst in his career. You have to go back to his rookie career, rookie year again, to get to that level. His quarterback rating was high. His QBR was like just below average. he get, he did get sacked the most times in the NFL. I mean, in his career last year, but that's because of the offensive line. There was injuries to in the offensive line. They really didn't start to gel until the end. Of, you know, the end of the season. When you look at the Detroit Lions, there's a lot of things that they have to get going. And Jared Goff is one of those guys that I'm pretty sure Dan Campbell, the coaching staff, is really relying on Jared Goff to take the next step because if he takes the next step and he's good off play action, he's good at making these throws downfield, if he can connect on those throws, you could be seeing a team that could surprise. You know, we talked a couple of shows ago about how the national betting favorite is the Lions. And you wonder why, you know, obviously there's Jared, Go- you, know, you look at their quarterback, Jared Goff, you, you're not, you're not really confident in that, but you look at this offense, it's pretty stout. And when we get to our player tiers, you're going to see that there is some pretty good talent on this roster that could gel up to being a good to elite player. He's getting back Frank Rag right now. He has a year full of t- uh, Penn, He has a year full of Taylor Decker. He has a year Another year of Jonah Jackson getting better. He's going to get, you know, obviously is coming back. He took a pay cut. This is a big year for Jared Goff. And you have to expect Jared Goff will play better in 2021. Or he's likely looking at his career in the crossroads because, let's be honest, if you're a quarterback and you can't perform with this offense, you can't perform with any offense because this offense has the – Ability to block for you, keep you protected. You can run the ball. You have you have playmakers on the outside and in the inside with T.J. Hawkinson. It's a big year for Jared Goff in 2021, and there's just not much you can say more about Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions going into 2021 and uh, 2022. Huge year in 2022 for Jared Goff. He needs to be more uh, aggressive. He needs to be more uh, trustworthy of his of his receivers he's got more talent there's no excuses and we're gonna we're gonna see where the ball lies obviously we don't expect them to play in preseason but we will see him at some point in the obviously in the regular season but maybe we'll see him in the third game of the preseason it'll be interesting to see what ben johnson and and the dan campbell they draw up for jared goff because you know if you look at jared goff They said that they were going to put in some wrinkles where they were going to use some plays that he really liked in L.A. So they are crafting the offense towards Jared Goff. So he needs to play better in 2022 to satisfy what the Dan Campbell thinks, what Brett Holmes thinks, what the Lions brass thinks. And that's how it is. Now, in the next segment, we are talking about my player tears. The player tears is simple. It's really it's truly simple. You need I'll get into it in, in the next break, but it's going to be very, very forthcoming. And you're going to you're going to see what the where the Lions are in their rebuild process. And we will get to that on the next segment of Kings of the Jungle. Touchdown Detroit Lions! They did it! So in my player tier segment, this is a segment where you kind of break down what the Detroit Lions actually are. And we're going to break it down. Obviously, I've got the tiers listed. I'm going to post on social media. So, if you're on the Detroit Lions News Facebook page, stay tuned. We have a lot of great content. Obviously, that's going to be coming out in the next couple days. Here is the issue. When you look at the NFL and you look at the top-level teams, a lot of top-level teams, they have 8 to 9 good to elite players. What does good to elite players mean? Good to elite players means if they're not elite They're at least good, and how how do you classify it? Good, top ten, good. That's good. Elite is like your top three in your position. That's in my view. Good is your top ten, your borderline top ten. You're kind of you're 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 making headway towards being a better player, and you're trying to get to the top of the NFL food chain. Obviously, you you see it throughout football. People use that elite term too much. I think if elite is Use for the top three players in their position, like in the case of quarterback. You know, I, I I laughed my ass off when I heard Lamar Jackson was an elite quarterback. La, I just laughed. He's a top. He might be a top twelve quarterback, but he's not elite. Elite is where he they do everything well. Patrick Mahomes is an elite. Elite. You know, a guy like Josh Allen is trending towards being elite. Guys like Brady and Manning for years, they were the elite of the elite. So when we look at the Detroit Lions roster and we say, "Who are the good two elite players that you see on this roster, Joe?" and there's two that come from the top. Frank, right now, is obviously a top three center in football. I, I, I don't understand people ranking him top five I don't understand people ranking him seven or eight I've seen one where he was listed as 14 which is totally criminal but Frank Ragnow is one of the most elite centers in the NFL period you could you could bring all your 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 antidote information Frank Ragnow is an elite center the Detroit Lions missed him you know one of the things about being a center in the NFL is isn't that your? Isn't just your blocking? It's about calling the game, getting the blitzes, letting people know that there's a blitz coming up the a gap. There's a blitz coming over here. Blitz coming over here. You're basically the second quarterback of that offense. The best quarterbacks have had the have had pretty good centers who are aware and made the changes you know necessary to win the game. You know Jeff Saturday was a, a, a center for. Peyton Manning. And there was times where Peyton Manning was about to get his ass ripped by Ray Lewis, who was blitzing the gap. And Saturday called it out. And boom, Peyton Manning just got rid of the ball. And it usually was the like Dallas Clark or Reggie Wayne or Marvin Harrison. But that's what good centers do. You know, good centers make that call. They say, Listen, this guy's this guy's coming, this guy's coming, this guy's coming, this guy's coming. This guy's coming. And that guy does come. It gives the quarterback added awareness to what's actually happening before it happens. The second guy in the last guy, I think that is a good to elite player. This might shock some people. And I'm not afraid to say, because listen, when you look at the NFL and you look at tight ends, you know, obviously you got your Kittles, Mark Andrews, Travis Kaus, and then there's a drop off. Look at what, David Njoku got paid. Ask yourself, is TJ Hawkinson better than David Njoku? Hell yeah, he is. Because David Njoku has been an absolute farce. And if you had him on your fantasy football team, you would know, guy isn't worthless. He doesn't stay healthy. He doesn't play good. Whatever. TJ Hawkinson is that second guy I have on my list. And those are the two I have on my list for the good to elite players. Now we're gonna to get to the rest where you can you can start to see that there might be you know might be players jumping up into the fold in the next year. or So, but when you go look at T.J. Hawkinson, the one thing you can say he's a top five tight end in the in the NFL. That's the one thing you can say. You know he's he's not the best after the catch. He doesn't get a lot of yards. He um sometimes he struggles with that. But when you look at T.J. Hawkinson, like let's be honest, like this is a guy. When you drafted him, he wasn't. He was way over drafted. Let's let's. You gotta be. You know. Don't don't put the draft where he got drafted in there. Where he got drafted was because we had stupid general managers who made stupid decisions and they made these stupid calls to draft players above their value. But obviously, he was drafted ninth overall. Um, he was eighth overall. My bad. My bad. Uh, last year he had he was he had, he had uh 583 yards he had four touchdowns he had 32 first downs in 2020 he had 40 first downs his longest pass that he caught last year was 33 his receptions per game was 5.1 obviously that was because they didn't have anybody else his catch percentage was 72.6 and what you could say is in 2020 T.J. Hawkinson was a Pro Bowl guy he didn't have any, the one thing you could say about T.J. Hawkinson you know is he doesn't fumble the ball. He's got one fumble in his career, and that is out of two hundred. That's out of one hundred sixty receptions. He has one fumble. That makes him a guy who is a top five, you know, tight end in this league. When you compare, to, uh, when you compare a guy like TJ Hawkinson, he's right up there with a lot of the guys. You know, he's he's up there with a lot of the guys that are in the, that are in the NFL. You know, like a Darren Waller. Darren Waller is 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 one of the best in in my opinion. Um, in the NFL, he just is. He's played he's played really really good. You know, per game, T.J. Hawkinson has uh, just under forty. He has just under forty two yards per game. Uh, Darren Waller has forty nine receptions. They they're both at. Deadlocked at four. Obviously, when you look at T.J. Hawkinson, he's got to get better after the catch. One of the things that he really struggles with is he doesn't have that long touchdown radius where he he, he breaks off for, um, you know, he breaks off for a big one when he receives the ball. T.J. Hawkinson's a, a top five guy, and I don't I, I don't think people can really say anything different. He's been a really good player for the Detroit Lions. He needs to stay healthy. Um, that's the one thing that I, I have a critique about TJ Hawkinson is you know he he he's only played one full season. He missed uh he missed four games in 2019. He missed uh he missed four game he missed five games in 2021. He's got to stay healthy period that's the one thing I, I, I you you expect out of uh, TJ Hawkinson stay healthy. He's a guy who could stay healthy and I'm, I'm pretty certain of it. We get to the next level and that's where it goes. It goes on the cusp. Okay. These four players are on the cusp of being a guy who could be in the elite to good category. Penae Sewell, Taylor Decker, DeAndre Swift, and Tracy Walker. I know people don't like Tracy Walker because they probably seen what he did with the Matt Patricia defense and let me be honest with that Matt Patricia's defense was probably just absolutely awful for a for a young player because it just wasn't good for a young player who is a safety. When you look at the Detroit Lions, you know, you look at DeAndre Swift. He's on the cusp. Why is he on the cusp? Because he can't stay healthy. He needs to work through some injuries, he needs to get us, he needs to play a little bit better, he needs to get better it's staying healthy, and then you can see his numbers rise. That's why he's on the cusp. Why is Taylor De- Decker on the cusp? Taylor Decker is on the cusp because, listen, you look at publications like Pro Football Focus, which I value very, I value a little bit, but I don't value him a lot, but they had him as a 20th-ranked tackle. They had him in the just good enough. Penn Ice soul was ranked higher. Taylor Decker, he, he needs to stay healthy. You know, one thing about Taylor Decker is he just, it's, it, it feels like a theme with some of these guys uh, that the Lions have that they can't stay healthy. You know, last year he played in, uh, he he missed the majority of the season. He played in nine games. He played in 16 and 21 in 2020, 15 in 2019, 16 in 2018. Um, so he was—he stood—he stayed healthy in those three years. He was really a guy who could be leaned on. He's 28. He's—he's he's going to be 29 when we get to the season, but he needs to stay healthy because you could—I think that people don't value him high in the league, and I think he's just on the cusp of being a good to elite player, a guy who can enter the top ten of a left tackle. I could hope that he does, but we'll see how it does. Obviously, Penn is—is—is is the first one I named. Penny Sewell is going to be a guy you can count on in going into the future. I think he's going to be a book end tackle. I think whenever Decker is gone or whenever if something happens, he can slide him over to the left tackle and be just as good. He's a transformable athlete. He's got size, he's got skill, he's got he's got tenacity. You know, one of the things you really looked at is remember when he was they were playing the Rams and he got an Aaron Donald's face? This guy has a toughness to him. That you really can't teach. You know, we talk about toughness in football. Dan Campbell talks about toughness with the Lions. Penn Sewell has that toughness that we all hope that you that you want in a player, especially your offensive lineman. You know, there's guys like there's there's guys like Trent Williams who played for San Francisco. When he does that, when he does that pull, that left tackle pull, and he takes out someone. I think everybody loves that because that's what you're, you're that's what you love about football is those when those big boys pull and they make the big block and they they show that they their, their power. You know, Penasuo going against in Hutchinson in training camp was a video that I loved watching because, you know, you've seen the tenacity, you've seen the fight, you've seen the total just balls to the walls by both guys because they're hardworking guys. And they both were fighting and fighting and fighting. I think that's gonna make Penae Sewell better. He's going against a guy like Aiden Hutchison, who's a who's just a guy who's gonna outwork you. He's athletic. He can make all the plays. I think Aiden Hutchinson is gonna really help Penae Sewell going into 2022 because obviously having that guy, that guy and going against that skill and practice really would make you better. Now, on the next line of players, this is called the prospects on the rise. And obviously we have Aiden Hutchinson, that's a no-brainer. Jamison Williams, that's a no-brainer. Levi Levi Anzareke, that's a no-brainer uh, because he was a second-round pick. Aline McNeil, no-brainer. The last two, we need to get to. Derek Barnes, I think he's a guy who could be a prospect on the rise. You know, we, when Brett Holmes is talking to 97-1 the ticket, he was talking about Brett, Derek Barnes being a guy who is, who is taking command, he's you know playing with the defense, he's, he's taking the calls and his helmet. I think that's very, very key. I think Derek Barnes has the athletic ability to become a good to an elite player. I think he has the skill to do it. I think obviously when you come in as a rookie in your rookie year, you have to be expected to do better. But Last year was a learning experience for a lot of the defense, and I'm just glad that they got it over with. Now, a guy like Malcolm Rodriguez, this is a guy I've highlighted. I highlighted him on the YouTube, my YouTube page, Between the Whistles, Detroit. We talked about it. Malcolm Rodriguez is a guy who is going to totally transform your defense. Let me tell you why. You know, I'm, when I say transform, he's a guy who's going to outwork people. He's smart. He's physical. He's a former wrestler. He knows how to play the game. And when you watch him when you watch him in training camp, he's playing really, really good. He's making the right reads as, as a linebacker, getting to the ball really quickly. The closing speed is elite. That's what I see from Malcolm Rodriguez. When you watch him at um, Oklahoma State, he was a guy who could really just get to the ball. He was a magnet to the ball. And you know, one of the things I was talking, I was talking to someone who is in the NFL. He's a scout for, for a rival team in the NFC North. And the one thing he said was when you got when the Lions took Malcolm Rodriguez, I was pissed because I wanted that guy. I think Malcolm Rodriguez is going to be a steal. I think Derek Burns is going to be a good, good linebacker. I think he's smart enough to become that linebacker that you can count on. This is going to be a big year for Derek Burns. Obviously, he needs to get better than he was last year. Levi Ansarique, he needs to get better. Uh, he, he, there was times where he flashed that he was good, and he he really didn't flash well enough. I thought he needs to be a lot. He, he needs to be better in 2022. You look at Jamison Williams. Obviously, when he comes back from injury, he's going to have a big target on him because he's a guy who could break open the game. A lot of speed, a lot of uh, uh, burn. He has afterburners with the speed that he has. I think he could be a mismatch nightmare for the Detroit Lions and the wide receiving group. But you look at Aiden Hutchinson, the one thing I like about Aiden Hutchinson is look what he's doing in training camp. Look what he's doing in training camp. Going against Penn Sewell. He's working after training camp to get better. Well, the one thing you couldn't question about Aiden Hutchinson was his heart and his hard work. You're seeing it. You're seeing it Live. You know when we watch Hard Knocks, and we're going to do an emergency podcast about that. Actually, we'll do it a YouTube video, and that'll be that'll be pretty fun. But when you look at A. Hutchinson, the one thing that you notice really off the bat is the guy has a lot of lot of lot of athletic ability. He has a lot of athletic ability, and you know when you we're watching Michigan, you really didn't see it that much, but you had to look closely because what that kid is able to do. As of, you know, getting off the blocks, being a good run, being good against the run, being good against the pass, that's an elite-level guy. When people say he's not like Bosa, I kind of chuckle because Bosa, there was, you know, Joey Bosa especially, he was a great pass rusher, but one of the things he really struggled with at Ohio State was, and a lot of Ohio State coaches said it, he couldn't get off the ball quick enough to get the run. He He liked to go towards the pass first. And that was his issue. And he obviously rectified that in his uh, junior and senior year. But with Aiden Hutchinson, he got a lot better. I'm I'm expecting big things from Hutchinson. I'm expecting big things from Jameson Williams. I'm expecting big things from Ilya McNeil, Levi Anzirike, Derek Barnes, um, Malcolm Rodriguez, those are the guys that I question. But I put them in the prospects to rise because I think those are guys that could potentially rise to be the good to elite players, and on the Detroit Lions. Obviously, if we're gonna we're, we're gonna go over it again. Right now, Hawkinson at the top. Uh, on just on the cusp is Swift, Walker, um, Decker, Sewell. I think Sewell's gonna be the first one to get up to that point. But if you're looking at the Detroit Lions going into the 2022. That's 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 something that they have to get better at. To be a playoff contender, you likely need four to five good players. They're going to have two, potentially three, to start the year. We'll see what they can get. They can get the four or five, you know, as we play the season, as we play some games. It's going to be interesting for the Detroit Lions in 2022. There's a lot of promise, and there's a lot of, faith that we have in Brad Holmes that he made the right picks and where the Detroit lions actually have some young talent that is prospering instead of floundering. Touchdown, Detroit lions! They it! So I'm going to play you some sound from the Sony and Jansen show. Nice. I won the ticket. Thanks for the audio. Um, but Brad Holmes had a comment about the wide receiver group, how it got better, what they did to get better, and I thought he had some interesting commentary. So I'm going to play that for you right now, and I'll have a commentary afterwards.
1: When Williams joins him, when he's healthy enough to play, it'll be even better. You might have some decisions to make, you know, Benson, Seafish, some of those guys. You guys are a lot deeper than you were at this point last year, aren't you? Yeah, you know, that was a point of emphasis heading into the offseason. Obviously, um, it was it was noticeable last season, you know, that we, we needed to add some help there. So, um, being able to add, you know, DJ and free agency and then and, 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 and being able to bring, you know, Josh and, and Khalif back, you know, those guys had great years for us last year and then adding Jameson and then... And, you know, even going back to a guy like Trinity Benson, you know, that, you know, he kind of came in late right after the preseason. And, you know, um, he had to just kind of get adjusted to some things and, you know, uh, give him credit that he stuck to it. He bought in and, and he, he he's, he's having he had a great offseason, having a great camp right now. But you talk about a guy like Quintez Cephas, who was one of golf's primary targets early in the season mm-hmm. before he had his unfortunate injury. So. Uh, they're definitely good problems to have, Um but, you know, um I definitely think Jared's probably happier.
0: So, as you heard in the audio, Brad Holmes was talking about the wide receivers and how they've gotten better. And from his perspective, they have gotten better because last year, if you would have went into the season, you said, listen, who is our best wide receiver? And a lot of people would have answered, I don't know, Quintez Cephas, Cleef Raymond wasn't really a great mix there wasn't much depth you know they traded for Trinity Benson he comes into a situation where he's got to learn a playbook he's got to get better he's got to f- figure out the route with trees and all that stuff get on Jared Goff's side it was tough sledding and when Quinta went out you've seen the drop in production especially in the wide receivers you know he got hurt you've seen a production drop last year TJ Hackinson got a lot of targets it was it was pretty alar- alarming. You know, TJ Hawkinson had a lot of targets. He had 84. Obviously, he missed a lot of. He missed. He only played in 12 games, but he missed some time in the season. To have 84 was pretty remarkable. Rod had 119 targets. Now you're going to be able to spread the ball around. You're going to be able. You're going to be able to play the field. Last year, Rod, St. Brown, 119 targets, 90 receptions, 912 yards. Yards per reception, ten point one. That was not the best on team. The best on team per reception was actually Josh Reynolds at sixteen point one. He had thirty six targets, nineteen receptions. His catch percentage was fifty two point eight, which isn't great. But when you have him as a guy, as your you know, when you have him as a depth wide receiver, Josh Reynolds can really give you. A little bit of spark. Quintez Tephas was 13.6 in yards per reception. Kaderil Hodge was 12.1, which Kaderil Hodge was horrible. And Khalif Raymond, obviously, when you heard the thing where he said it was a good thing that we retained uh, Khalif Raymond, we retained Josh Reynolds. That's a good thing for the Detroit Lions because those were two productive wide receivers. You're bringing them back. You're also going to bring in... You already brought in DJ Chark, who's a 6'4 target, 198 pounds. You know, former second-round draft pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're looking for him to get back into his 2019 groove. You know, 2019 he had he played in 15 games, started in 14, 118 targets, 73 receptions, a thousand yards. His yards per reception was 13.8. His catch percentage was 16.61.9. And he really had a good year. He was he obviously, he went to the Pro Bowl. One thing about DJ Chark that makes a little bit of, di- of difference, he doesn't fumble the ball. That's the one thing I really respect when you're a receiver like TJ Hawkinson, like DJ Chark. If you don't fumble the ball, that's a major plus. He needs to get back to, obviously, in 2020, Jacksonville wasn't good. They were a pretty bad football team. He struggled with injury, he had uh, 700 yards. And last year he played four games and he had 154 yards. The Jacksonville Jaguars were just a total mess last year, so you really can't blame him on that 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 part. But you look at it, you look at the Detroit Lions 2022 20, wide receiver group. You have so much talent up and down the roster, especially when you you look at a tight end like TJ Hawkinson. He's gonna he's gonna be in the middle of the field. You look at a guy like. Uh, when he get comes in, Jamison Williams, he's gonna be able to stretch the field with his speed, his abilities to to burn the defense. Josh Reynolds is a tall target. D.J. Chark is a tall target. Quintus Cephas is a smart, uh, the way he plays the ball in the air. He's smart. He's not he's not the most athletic guy, but he will make all the plays. He's smart, like kind of like an Anquan Bolden type. This is a big year for the the the, the, re, the receiver group because. One of those receivers you're really hold, hoping that he adds more to the passing game is DeAndre Swift. Last year he had 617 yards. He had five touchdowns, was pretty good in that area. He led the, he led the Lions in touchdowns, re- touch, touchdown receptions with five. Jamal Williams had three. Jamar Jefferson had two. The running backs really helped steer the Detroit Lions re- receiver core. And I don't think that's going to be the case this year, but I think that, that these wide receivers – these running backs, they could be a very, very influential, you know, piece in the game for Jared Goff. When I told you, when we talked about the Jared Goff and the comment that Brett Holmes made about Jared Goff, one of the reasons we said that was because when you look at this wide receiver group, there's a ton of talent. There's players on this team that can ap- absolutely help you. I think the tight end, you know, with the tight end group could be stronger. You get a guy like Mitchell. You get a guy like Devin Funches. You put them in the fold. You don't need a. You don't need three great tight ends. You just need one good tight end, and you need a couple guys that do different things on the tight end group. But this is a really um, good group for the Detroit uh, Lions this year. They have depth. That's the one thing they have. They have, you know, if Quintez Cephas does miss time, they're going to be able to get around it. They got some depth. You know, Trinity Benson's on the roster. They're gonna have real shot to avoid these things. Now, if injuries start to mount at a serious rate, then you're starting you're gonna be you're gonna start to see a little more production go down. But Amin Rod having DJ Chark, having Josh Reynolds, that could be really, really good until Jameis Williams gets back, until Quintus Cephas gets back. Those are big it, those are big players that could help the Detroit Lions receiver group It's way better than last year. There's no doubt about it. I don't think anybody's going to be clamoring that it's not better than last year. There's issues that they have to get better at. There's, you know, obviously DeAndre Swift, he needs to be better with his fumbling. Jared Goff had nine fumbles last year. There was a lot of fumbles, especially from the quarterback position. There was 11, if you include Tim Boyle and Dave Blau. That's why I think that when Brad Holmes signaled out the quarterback saying they need to produce I think that's what he was alluding to. But Godwin Ig had two. Swift had two. Jamal Williams had one. You gotta take care of the ball. And that's one of the things that I'm really, really interested for the Detroit Lions in twenty twenty two because listen, they had they had they were seventeenth in fumbles loss. They had nine last year. Um and that's not that's not good. Um the defense had eight, which was 11th. They were almost turning over the ball at a good pace. The scoring drives for the Detroit Lions is going to be predicated on the passing game. That's what happens when you, you add to the wide receiver room. You're going to have a better chance to make you know end these drives and scores. Last year, scoring percentage was 22, 22nd in the NFL. And that's something the Detroit Lions need to get better at in 2022. In the next segment, we will be talking about the news and notes of the day. We will update you on some of the things that are happening with the Detroit Lions in the next segment. Last segment of the day, obviously, training camp is going on. Aiden Hutchinson and Penn Ice are looking really, really stout. The m- issue was obviously Quintessive got hurt. He didn't, he, he limped off the field. He'll be evaluated. So we're going to see what happens there. TJ Hawkinson Levi Anzarike were not participating in today's practice and training camp. Malcolm Rodriguez looked really, really good from all the beat writers. He looked excellent. He looked like he was ready to play. And there was a couple of videos that I saw personally where he was quick to the ball. It's going to be interesting because this is one of the guys that I'm probably going to highlight when we go to uh, the preseason games. He's a guy that I'm really looking forward to watching because he can be an influential part of the Detroit Lions roster and when we get to the season. Obviously, having a linebacker that gets to the ball is something that the Detroit Lions have needed for quite some time. Tracy Walker has stepped up as a leader. He's made, he's he's uh, He's been a, much of a leader after getting his contract extension. It's going to be fun to see Tracy Walker get better. And as we get towards the season, we're going to go through our whole rankings and everything, but this has been a great podcast for the end of this week we're probably going to be doing more weekly podcasts i might do daily blurbs on detroit lions news so if you're new to, new to this this podcast and you really liked it subscribe to the, the the podcast and subscribe to between the whistles detroit and we will keep you entertained throughout the season this is detroit lions football on kings of the jungle a detroit lions podcast we will see you next week